reading, if you will, in 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll be looking at verses 9 to 22. And let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we rejoice this morning, this evening. Those of us who are in Christ, we rejoice at the truths of which we have just sung. You hold us fast. We rejoice this evening that our, that our hope, that these truths are not based on our merit, but in Christ alone. You have not saved us because of our merit, and you will not hold us because of our merit. Because of who you are. Because of Christ alone. I rejoice this evening, Father, that you are a God who has loved us, who has saved us who is working in us and who will keep us even till you return. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. We long for that day. But until then, give us grace. Give us mercy for the days ahead, for the trials ahead. Even this evening, as we turn our attention to this passage, may you work for your glory in each and every one of us. May you give us grace for this moment. May distractions fade away, and may we focus in on the truth that you have for us in this passage this morning, this evening. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <coughs> for some reason, I'm stuck on this morning. <laughs> well, as we come to our passage this evening, we're coming to the end of 2 Timothy. I don't know about you, maybe it feels like for you it's just dragged on forever, but for me it feels like it is just flown by. It feels like we just started 2 Timothy. As we come to this passage, Paul ends 2 Timothy by stressing really what is the theme of this letter. Endurance. Faithfulness. The need to stay to stand solidly on the foundation of the Word of God and not to stray. Really, the need to be faithful because God is faithful. As we work our way through this passage, we'll see Paul's instruction, Paul's testimony, and Paul's farewell. First thing we see is Paul's instruction in verses 9 to 15. Starts out, be diligent, Paul talking here to Timothy, be diligent to come to me Quickly, be diligent, focus, let this be your main priority to come to me quickly. Quickly is really just an extra word thrown in there to stress how much this is needed. Timothy, get to me as soon as possible. Come to me quickly. Paul knows that his days are numbered. We just saw that in our, uh, where we were in last week. Where Paul says in chapter 4, verse 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. Not to me only, but all who have loved his appearance. Paul knows his time is short. 
He knows his ministry is drawing to an end. He knows that soon his faith will be sight. And so he says, Timothy, be diligent to come to me. The time is short. There's also a reason, though, why Paul wants Timothy to come. Come quickly, for the time is short, but why come? It seems from the passage that Paul needs the encouragement of fellowship of a faithful brother in Christ. He says, be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He's departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. I need the encouragement, the fellowship of a faithful brother in Christ. We talk, well, I don't know if we talk often, but a lot of times we'll, we'll talk about the, the ministry of presence. Of just showing up, of just being there. I must be honest, that's something that I struggle with a lot. I just, I feel awkward placing myself into situations where, where people are struggling through a situation, whether it's a hospital visit or, or end of life or whatever, I feel odd inserting myself there. It seems like a private moment. And yet there is something to the ministry of presence. If we've learned anything from COVID-19, surely it's the ministry of presence, right? Of being together. For several weeks, we, we met online. But there is something missing. And how sweet it was when we finally gathered together once again, present, together. For Demas has forsaken me. Demas has left. He's been unfaithful to Paul because he loved this present world. It's kind of an interesting statement here. It's having loved this present world is very ambiguous. It could mean any number of things. It doesn't seem that Paul is charging him here with apostasy. It doesn't seem that, that Demas has, has abandoned Christ, has denounced his faith. Paul says, he's forsaken me. He's left me in my moment of need. When I needed him here, he, forced, he has forsaken me. He's loved this present world. The language is not as strong as in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20, where Paul charges Hymenaeus and Alexander. Paul even says in that passage, I've given, given them over to the devil. Paul doesn't say anything like that here. He simply says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He's lost the right perspective. It's interesting. 
we look at what the passage we just read, chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, where Paul comes, is coming to the end. He said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. And the end of verse 8 finally says, There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to those who, what? Who loved his appearing. To those who have had the right perspective, as we talked about this morning in Sunday school, those who have had an eternal perspective. That's not Demas, though. Demas hasn't loved his appearing. Demas loved this present world. He lost the right perspective. He forgot the foundation on which he stood. In fact, he has fallen into the very thing that Paul has been warning Timothy about in this entire book and pleading with him. Timothy, keep your eyes on the prize. Fan into flame the gift that God has given you. Stand on the solid foundation of the Word of God. Do not forget what you've been taught. Do not lose perspective. Or Demas has. He loved this present world. He's been driven off course. He has departed from Thessalonica, likely the place where he was from. Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Cretans and Titus have not, have not forsaken Paul. It seems rather they've been sent out on mission by Paul. So Paul is in prison, and he's limited in the ministry that he has, but he's still sending out people. Only Luke is with me. This is where it gets interesting in, in, in verse 11. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Get Mark. On your way here, because I, I, I need you, so come quickly. But as you come, take the time to get Mark. Because he's useful. What's interesting about that is that Mark, at one point, was a demon. In Acts 13, 13, Mark deserted Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. For whatever reason, Mark deserted them. He abandoned them. He forsook them and went back to Jerusalem. In fact, his desertion of them was such a big deal that in chapter 15 of Acts, verses 36 to 41... Paul and Barnabas, planning to go on their second missionary journey, end up splitting up because Barnabas wants to take Mark, and Paul says, don't you remember what he did? He forsook us. He abandoned us. So they split up. And that's what is so fascinating about this passage, is that now, at the end of Paul's ministry, at some point, he is made up with Mark. And he says, now I need him. The turn of events in the life of Mark, in the life of Mark and Paul's ministry, that Paul now needs him because he's not only good, he is useful. I think there's a reason why in this passage we have Demas and Mark. Demas has forsaken me. 
But Mark is useful. Mark, who at once had forsaken me, he is now useful. There's hope for Demas. All's not lost. Paul goes on. Tychicus, I sent to Ephesus, bringing the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. <coughs> this cloak would have been a big uh, winter type thing, something very needed in winter to keep Paul warm. Verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must be aware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. May the Lord repay him for his, may repay him according to his works. Paul here leaves vengeance in the hand of the Lord. We don't know what this harm was that Alexander the coppersmith have done. It is possible that he is the one who has turned Paul over to the Romans. It's possible that he had lied, trumped up charges against Paul. But Paul leaves vengeance in the hand of the Lord. And really, this is part of Paul's eternal mindset. Paul is demonstrating to Timothy the very thing that he's saying to do. Timothy, be faithful. Have this mindset. Part of enduring, part of being faithful, is trusting God to, to not only sustain you, but then trusting God to enact justice, trusting God to enact vengeance, and not taking that into your own hands. Paul's here demonstrating that eternal mindset, his faith in God to be faithful. To come to verses 16 through 18, we then see Paul's testimony. Paul has given instruction to Timothy. Come. Why? Demas has forsaken me. These others have gone out. So as you come, get Mark. Bring him. Go by way of Troas and get the books, the parchments. Beware of Alexander. It's Paul's instruction. Now we see Paul's testimony in verses 16 to 18. Verse 16, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May not be charged against them. Whatever the reason, whether they were too ashamed or whether they were scared to stand with Paul, knowing that he might be condemned to death, whatever the reason, none stood with him. We don't know why Luke didn't stand with him. We don't know if Cretans and Titus and Tychicus were there at the time or not, and why they didn't stand with them. All we know is that they did not stand with them, but all forsook me. In fact, one of the things that stands out is in 2 Timothy is notice how lonely the ministry was for Paul. In fact, when you stand for the truth, you'll often find yourself standing alone. In chapter 1, verse 15 of 2 Timothy, Paul says, All in Asia abandoned me. Here in verse 10, Demas has forsaken me. 
Now in verse 16, no one stood with me. Paul finds himself time and time again abandoned by himself, alone. And yet he continues to stand for the truth. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Though everyone else has abandoned me, the Lord stood with me. In fact, not only did he stand with me, he gave me the strength that I needed. He will never abandon me. He gave me the strength so that the message might be preached fully through me. Notice there, he gives the credit to God. As Paul stands on trial, what is more important to Paul than defending his rights was to proclaim the truth. And so he preaches the gospel right there on trial. And God gives him the strength, the wherewithal, to the point that the gen, all the Gentiles might hear. May God give us all this mindset. The truth is more important than anything else. And that regardless of who stands with us or in what circumstances we find ourselves, we will stand with the truth. Those delivered out of the mouth of lions, of the lion, of mortal danger. It's delivered from, from immediate death. It could even potentially be a reference to Satan, as we see in 1 Peter 5, 8. But he was delivered from mortal danger, from death. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. Now what Paul is not saying here is, I know I'm going to get out of this. I know I'm not going to be in any pain. I know everything's going to work out great. Paul's already said he knows he's, he's not getting out of this. His time has come. But Paul's confidence is that God will work all things for his good, as he had already written in Romans 8.28. Not only will God work this out for his good, But God will keep him. He will preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. It's important to, to see Paul saying this in this situation. Because a lot of times I think we, we go to Romans 8.28 and we see all things will work out for my good. That means for my benefit, the benefit that I want. When that's not the case, it's, it's what God wants. All things will work out for your good in light of what God is doing in you. So that means that this present struggle will cause you to have more faith in God than you will go through this struggle so that your faith may grow. That is what is good for you, not your comfort, not what is easy. That's what Paul understands, that as I sit in this cell, as I face death, as I am uncomfortable, as my friends are abandoning me, God's doing something. God is accomplishing His will. Though I may not see it, though I may not understand it, I know that it's for my good. And so I know that the Lord will deliver me from every evil, evil work. And not only that, but He will preserve me for His heavenly kingdom. 
He will work all things for his good, and he will keep me. He will not allow me to fall away. To him be glory forever and ever. This is Paul's overarching desire. In whatever situation he finds himself, whatever is going on, may God be glorified. Amen. What a testimony. Really, this passage, verses 9 to 22, really verses 16 to 18, as Paul comes to the end of his ministry, this sums up his life and his ministry. In all circumstances, the Lord stood with me and the Lord strengthened me. In all circumstances, the Lord delivered me from evil and the Lord has preserved me and will preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This sums up Paul's ministry. Then we see Paul's farewell. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, the household of Vanus and Phorus. Eurastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I have left with my lead in, in my Miletus sick. Do your utmost to come before winter. Again, hurry. Hurry. It's important. Once winter come, came, most of the travel around the Mediterranean would, would shut down. It became difficult over land and impossible over sea. So whatever it takes, get here before winter. Eubulus greets you, as well as Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. And so in 2 Timothy. Paul writes to a young man whom he loves and he cares about. As Paul warns him, reminds him, remember what you have learned. Stand on the truth of the Word of God. Do not waver. As Paul shows through his own testimony, as he has lived out those words himself. So as we come to the end of this book, a couple points of application. And the first would be this. If you are honest with yourself, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm asking you to be honest with yourself in your heart. Are you a Demas? Have you wandered off? Have you lost perspective? <coughs> Have you forgotten that you stand on the solid foundation of the Word of God? Have you fallen in love with this present world rather than loving his appearing? If so, I plead with you this evening. Come back. Return to the Lord. Be restored. Find grace and mercy and forgiveness. Don't be a Demas. Be a Mark. There's still hope. God gives grace. God forgives. And though you may have abandoned him, he has not, not abandoned you. He is faithful. Therefore, you be faithful. Secondly, brothers and sisters in Christ, be faithful. 
persevere, even if you find yourself alone and all have forsaken you, know that your God never will. He will give you strength. He will give you grace. How discouraging it must have been for the, the mighty Paul <coughs> to be standing all alone at the end. After all he had done, after all he had accomplished, after all the churches that he had planted, all the people that he had led to Christ, the powerful men that he had stood before and proclaimed the gospel, the letters that he had written, the time that he had given counsel, the time that he had given counsel to others, that he had loved others, that he had been beaten. After all that, he finds himself all alone at the end. But praise the Lord that he never lost perspective. No matter how discouraging it was, he never lost perspective. And may that be our perspective. Regardless of circumstances, may we keep our eye. May we be able to say, I love his appearing. That is what I'm longing for. That's what I'm keeping my eyes on. That's what I'm striving for. Come, Lord Jesus. But until you come, I will stand here solidly on the word of God. And I will not waver. Paul understood that it's not how many stand with you, but it's where you stand. And so Paul stood on the truth to the very end. May we be a church that stands on the truth to the very end. May you be a man or a woman who stands on the truth till the very end. Regardless of the consequences, regardless of who leaves, regardless of where you find yourself. Be faithful because your God is faithful. He will keep you. He will strengthen you. He will deliver you. And we love His appearing, not the world. We're going to close by singing the, the truths which you just sang earlier. He will hold me fast.